Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said on every episode, we got a great one for you. It's kind of like a two-in-one episode. So yes, we have? we have two guests with us today. We have Jimmy Louise Gomez, better known by his stage name, Taboo. He is an American rapper, songwriter, actor, and DJ, best known as a member of the musical group, The Black Eyed Peas. And we also have Jonathan Saker with us today. He is a producer and actor known for Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, Cross, Cross 2, and Rites of Passage. And he is also an attorney with emphasis on environmental issues, real estate, and entertainment. And we're going to be talking to them about Cosmic Radio today, which and, they were both part of. And also their stories and just yes. see where this goes. So welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome. Oh, thank you. So before we really dig into the movie, um, the last, you know, 18, 20 months been rough for a lot of people. So how has COVID affected y'all and what have you done to maneuver through this? Uh, you want me to start, John? Yeah, that sounds I, great. I'll just jump in. Yeah, so first of, all, thank, first of all, thank you guys for allowing us to be here to speak on this amazing project that we were a part of. You know, um, the last 18 months have been, um, I would say, pretty positive because I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family. And as, as you probably know, um, a lot of people in my field, in the music space, we travel a lot, we tour a lot. So to be able to just de disconnect and decompress from that, you know, always travel, always on the grind and just be present in my family's life, my wife and my kids. Uh, it was amazing for us. Yes, we, we had moments where, you know, we were uh, dealing with, with the challenges that everybody deals with as far as mm -hmm. like being quarantined and isolated and not seeing any, any of our loved ones or friends, uh, but we make the best of it. And I would say like, you know, all in all, uh, we've been very mindful and very safe about how we follow protocol, how we move. Um, and as far as my professional career, Black Eyed Peas, we actually put out an album in 2020, um, uh, which was called yeah. Translation. And it was a hit, but we didn't get to tour it. So yes, we had uh, number ones on the yeah. Billboard charts with folks like Jay wow. Balvin, who's an in international superstar, mm -hmm. and Osuna, and Maluma, and Shakira. We actually wow. got to do a, a record with, with Shakira, which was big. But we didn't really get to tour it because we're uh, um, touring was, was uh, down. There was no uh, festivals or shows that were happening. Mm -hmm. So now in 2022, we're actually going to um, do makeup festivals that we were supposed to do in 2020. We're doing that this year. And yeah. you know, we've we managed to do a couple of different shows. We performed at the uh, uh, pyramids in Egypt and Cairo last year. Oh, wow. We did. Oh, wow. Uh, we, we did the Global Citizen, which was in front of the Eiffel Tower in France prior to that. Uh, we won three Billboard Awards uh, prior to that. So it's, we've been active, Black Eyed Peas, but we haven't been touring consistently. So in my, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just to simplify it, my professional life has been very good. And my personal life has been amazing, just being with my wife and my kids and just appreciating wow. every moment that I'm with them. How about you, John? I share some of the same sentiments, you know, Taboo mentioned where, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of people that have suffered through through COVID. But, you know, I seem like we really reconnected with family and what's important in life and all that that stuff that really pulls at you and kind of takes your attention away from what's important. Um, 
we didn't have to deal with. So I, I have a farm in, in southern New Jersey. So I got to really connect with my animals. I, um, you know, with my, my wife, and my, you know, my children. Uh, and also write. One of my favorite things to do is actually to write. So I've been doing a lot of writing and researching and doing things that are interesting to me and, wow. and you know, <laughs> spending time with family. So, um, yeah, I, I've kind of enjoyed myself through the last few years. And of, of course you have to go by the rules. We've isolated yeah. and done what we right. needed to do, but, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's actually been a really nice two years. You know, that's like for us, you know, we launched the show January of 2020. So a couple months before yes, COVID couple months before. and our original plan was maybe a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we could do that, be a great foundation. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happens. And I remember watching everything get shut down. I told Sandy, I was like, you know, we can't change COVID, but you know what? We can drive through this because this might be a silver lining for our show because people like y'all are going to need a place to talk and we're going to give it to y'all. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews that year and we're over 500 now. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Thank God for Zoom calls. I, I know you have a different uh, platform media for, for, for this chat right here. But thank mm -hmm. God for Zoom calls. I did so many mm -hmm. interviews. And then another thing, just wanted to throw this out there. Um, I, I uh, created a company with my friend who's a friend of John's as well. His name is Ben mm -hmm. uh, J, a.k.a. B. Earl. Um, we actually started a company called Skyview Way, and we're uh, catering to the kids space. We uh -huh. uh, write for yeah. Marvel Comics. We have two comics yeah. that came out. Uh, one of them is called Werewolf by Night, and the other one is called Kushala that dropped um, last yes. year. And, and this year, we're, we're dropping something new. I can't really talk too much about it yet. Yeah. But we built this amazing synergy as writers, as creatives, as producers to be able to facilitate um in the kids space because we're both fathers yeah. so we had that kindred spirit of wanting oh, to make yeah. content that is only specifically catering to inspire kids um especially our kids um and and it's been a, a journey that during the pandemic we really sharpened our tools we 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 had ping pong sessions every day of like creative ping pong sessions back and forth we had yeah. zoom calls we did interviews together and we built this amazing company which is now Kind of like uh, what Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, did after basketball. Yeah. Kind of like the same thing I see myself doing is really uh, creating content for my kids because it starts at home for me. So mm, I'm inspired yes. by my kids and yeah. we want to create content that will continue inspiring kids around the world. And this year I actually released my first uh, kids book. It's called The oh, Kids wow. Book About Identity. And that was something really personal to me because I put mm -hmm. a lot of my life story in as a kid uh, growing up of multiculturalism oh, um, yeah. really not knowing my identity being Native American and being Mexican and really finding the 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 uh, foundation of being indigenous especially mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. in the United States and wanting to amplify the voices of many indigenous people and mm -hmm. being part of Cosmic Radio just want to throw that out there was kind of a big introduction into being part of a project that really highlighted native communities and yeah. native heroes like Wes Duty, like Irene. These for us in our communities, these are heroes without capes. So to be part of this project and actually have me, Marcus, in the movie be wow. a native uh, character, like that was just a blessing in disguise because I was not portraying, you know, a stereotype. I was not portraying a gangster or a villain. Mm -hmm. I was actually looked in a positive light and we need more roles like that. So I, I salute 
Stephen Savage and, and all the folks that made this possible to really highlight natives in a different perspective and change the narrative of those stereotypes. So from tell us a little bit about the movie itself and when yeah. it actually filmed versus now that it's launching. I mean, because that's it's been a crazy story. Well, the, the movie primarily is uh, it has a, an environmental tone to it. Mm -hmm. and it, okay. it was shot back in around 2008. Yeah. Um, but there is a um, one of the storylines is I play the owner of a uh, small mountain radio station up in Idlewild, California. Okay. So we're kind of an antiquated radio station, but we like it that way. We have albums and eight track players. Yes. And so we're kind of a throwback, but intentionally, and it's kind of, you know, about corporate America against, you know, the small business and the large business. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to save my radio station. Uh, you know, there's, it's really tough with sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And then there's also up in the mountain, there's a big logging, um, community where there, a lot of the people's uh, their livelihood is is built in the, in the logging world yeah. oh, wow. mm -hmm. so they're clear-cutting the, the mountain forests which really make the area beautiful so mm -hmm. there's that uh i guess that tension there yeah so in in the storyline the, the daughter of one of the a senator that actually has interest in the logging uh, community and the logging company she comes and she she's an activist and she's trying to save the forest so she goes up into a tree and it's a big deal because she's stopping them from clear cutting this forest right. so everybody wants her interview and she calls this little radio station and she asks me you know she's there's some synergy there where she's like hey you know everybody wants this interview i'd like you know to give you the voice because oh, we wow. can maybe help your sponsorship and help put you on the public you know, on the national map since you're just mm -hmm. this little radio station but it kind of backfires because a lot of people in the town make their living in the logging industry and so we lose some sponsorship so there's that corporate america against the small guy and also oh, okay. the environment mm -hmm. and all the competing uh interests that really aren't always so obvious yeah yeah you know you know what's funny guys is that like when we made the movie in 2008 or 2007 or 2008 when it came out around that time yeah i didn't really understand the power of my voice yeah until yeah. i got i got older and i started understanding using my platform and my voice to be of service to my communities mm -hmm. and and this this happened after my battle with cancer when i survived cancer i i got a a, a calling which was beyond music, beyond entertainment. And it took me to Standing Rock. And when I was at Standing Rock, standing in solidarity, protecting the sacred land and the water that was gonna be um, uh, infiltrated by the Dakota Access Pipeline that was supposed to be in, in the uh, uh, Missouri River, I felt the activism activate. I felt me go into action. And although that was something that was part of this movie, I didn't realize what that meant the power yeah. of being of service, you know, and, and making mm -hmm. sure that you stand for something um, and, and, and a cause where we were just protecting sacred ground from the local tribes, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was uh, uh, native relatives and there was non-native relatives that were standing in solidarity, protecting this sacred land from a, a imperial economic uh, a company like Dapple that wanted to put a, a pipeline in. They didn't care who it affected. They didn't care if, the, if yeah. the oil would seep into the water where the local tribes have to drink from this water. 
So for me, it was a calling that activated this new lease on life. I felt like it was my healing after I beat cancer. I felt like it was something that I was destined to do beyond Black Eyed Peas, beyond music, to be be an activist and be of service to uh, to indigenous communities and really use my voice for for the good. Wow. wow. I love that. That's awesome. Now, as y'all know, as y'all know out there, um, a lot, a lot of people they see the glory in what y'all doing. Y'all got long careers and all yeah. that, and years and years, music, movies, and all that. Um, but people don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to get to the top. And I always want to talk about that because I think, it, mm-hmm. you know, on all these shows, you have a lot of people. They think, you know, you, they talk about the good, the good, the good. And that's great. We have to talk about that. Oh, yes. But yeah. nobody talks about the ugly side of it, the, the, the hardcore sacrifices that that an artist, that an actor must go through to get there. And I always want to talk about it. So tell us a little bit about the sacrifices and struggles both of y'all have had to make just to get to where you all are today. I think Taboo can really speak to that much, much better since he's really... <laughs> on the world stage and, and puts it up <laughs> all out there for everyone. And um, yeah, he's, he's at such a different level. So I'd, I'd love to. Well, well, first of all, thank you, John. Um, just on a, on a very simple, uh, just human level. Um, I was a teen parent. I had my son at 18 years old. Um, I started my group black eyed peas in, in uh, when I was 19. Um, I knew that that was going to be my, my journey and my career, but I had to, you know, really understand work ethic. And so I worked at Disneyland during the day, picking up horse manure uh, in 1995. And at night I was pursuing my dream as a black eyed pea. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it, what it was gonna be, but I knew that if I believe in myself and my group, that it could take us somewhere. Whatever capacity of success that meant, you know, whatever we had to do to, to really show that we wanted to, to make it in the, in the business, we did, you know, and we sacrificed. I sacrificed being away from my son at a very young age to pursue my dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just the learning curve. I was a kid myself. So within that, I also uh, started indulging in excessive nightlife and partying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did that for a long time. And in 2007, I believe prior to me meeting John, um, I, I got on the path of sobriety and I actually wrote a book about it called falling up. And it's something that a lot of people in our industry, in the entertainment business go through, but a lot of us don't make it. A lot of us don't survive. So that's something that I really am passionate about. I'm very, uh, keen on celebrating and championing sobriety because that's something that years here. Yes, sir. There it is. 14 years after 19 years of addiction. Yeah. Yeah. You see? So that that journey doing cosmic radio, um, it allowed me to really understand the the priority um, being my wife and my kids. And, and you know, I've, I've made mistakes along the way, but this is as honest and as candid as I can be to let you know you ask for things that are not the, you know, the high life or the blitz. Yeah. This is the reality of what I've gone through. And it's very well documented. Like I said, I wrote a book about it. Um, but the thing that, that allowed me to continue championing the idea of that path is knowing that I love the person that I am today with all the flaws and all the mistakes and all the wins and all the losses that I've gone through. 
I'm proud of the person that I am today. So if I could be that example to my kids and, and say, look, I've done some things that were not the right choices, but it's, I want to be able to inspire and to hold them to a high regard as well. And I'm learning along the way, man. Being a, yeah. a parent is not easy. That's the reality. It's not right. easy. Yeah. You know, I thought performing was hard. No, no, no. Being a parent, <laughs> being a parent is probably one of the. We got a ten-year-old and almost three-year-old. We get it. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very, um, I'm proud that my wife is is a, such a great partner. You know, she's. Uh, we've learned a lot together. She's taught me a lot about myself and things that I need to work on. But at the end of the day, you know, I value everything um, with different eyes now that I've been sober for 14 years. And oh, wow. also like battling cancer, man. Like that was another thing that really affected me because I didn't know what that outcome was going to be either. Even though it was testicular cancer, um, I didn't know the severity because they were like, you know, you have to go into chemotherapy and it's spreading at a rapid rate. Oh, wow. So, you know, fortunately I survived that. And uh, yes. you know, I, I have to say that with all that, I learned resilience. So those folks that are watching and listening, resilience is a big key to not only my foundation, but also to my ancestors and how mm -hmm. we've overcome mm -hmm. a lot of things throughout the years. So I find that to be uh, kind of something that I took from my grandmother. My grandmother was my biggest inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. apply that to, to life now. It's like resilient and knowing that I got to leave it on the line, no matter what I do. If I'm performing on stage, I'm going hundred miles per hour. If I'm writing something with, with my partner, Ben, I got to go hundred miles per hour. Same mm -hmm. thing with parenting. It's like, I, I want to be able to, to go at a rapid rate and understand that sometimes you're going to make mistakes, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to raise uh, young children to become amazing adults. Oh, it, absolutely. It, yeah. Yes. I got sober um, December 26, 2007. He did. And, and again, you know, our family probably wouldn't be, again, I was destroying this marriage. Was, you know, we were five years in by that point and, you know, and she was a blessing from God. That's for yes. sure. And um, without her, I, I know I wouldn't be here and our kids wouldn't be here because we got a 10, 10 year, which y'all will hear from later because we bring him on the show to ask a few questions, yep. but we have, you know, but then, um, and an almost three-year-old, and there's no way that if I'd have kept drinking and drugging and all that, that they would be here to, to this day. Yes, and I'm a 25-year cancer survivor, and it definitely does change your perspective and outlook on life after going through that. I had eight months of chemo and, and thankfully still here. You know, God bless you guys both for, for your resilience and your, your fighter mentality, your warrior spirit to never give up, because a lot of us Sometimes the human side of us kicks in and we we are vulnerable mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. find ourselves uh, trapped into surrendering. And although I surrendered my ego, I didn't surrender my fight. And I kept moving, right. you know, going awesome. strong and making sure that I understood that, <laughs> that uh, you know, I, I never want to put uh, wealth before my health. I never want to put mm -hmm. money or career before my health because it's not worth it, man. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I mean, that's just like, you know, before we launched this show, Sandy and I in our 19 years of marriage was probably launched a hundred different <laughs> business ideas that <laughs> all least. failed. Yeah. <laughs> but we learned what but, not to but do. We that. learned between each one yeah. and they all kept us going grow. enough until we got to this show. And we're still in that hunt. You know, we, we, yeah, we still do we, our we, side hustles. We, we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentley's, the Kelly Clarkson show. Um, so we're still 
in that hunt. And, you know, when we do in the evenings, deliver food so that we yeah. can stay afloat and all that while we build this show. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for having John and I to speak on this. this finally, right, John? Cosmic yeah. Radio. It is. It's it's amazing that it's actually going out because that's the other thing about an independent film that I've really mm -hmm. noticed is how people come together and and it's really not about the money. It's like the person on wardrobe, they care so much about the way something looks and they're just spending, you know, you know, whatever they got a thousand dollars, they're going to spend two thousand dollars on like it, they care about everything they do. And it and it's just long, long hours and it's the makeup person. And just everybody on set just cares about things so much. So it's it's kind of a cool thing to do is to get onto an independent film set because people are really there because they love what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, thinking back about the experience because um, it, it, it's been a while. So I was just trying to, you know, real remember, yeah, you know, me too. <laughs> how everything was. And, and the environmental message now that, you know, I do some environmental law and I'm actually involved in a film right now called Pretty Bird that oh, also wow. has oh, a really nice. big environmental message. And um, I didn't realize that I, I'm drawn to those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and like Taboo was saying too, uh, is that about being a parent too. So it's that consistency, it's, you know, you're, you're up in the middle of the night, no matter what it is, you have to be there. And it's, yes. and it's that sacrifice. And when you're a young person, you think, you're so trained, especially I think in the United States, just to go after something for the money. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think so many people get disillusioned because they get that fame or whatever and, and they're they empty. feel empty because it it's not what's important. And and as Taboo was saying, it's really you can't put those kind of things in front of family and health, especially because people mm -hmm. will sacrifice and I think it's kind of a young person's sport, really. You, you do have that energy when you're younger to go yeah. after it and just really lay yourself out there. Mm -hmm. you, there is a part of it that you have to do that and push through it. But then mm -hmm. you have to understand there's that balance where you you can't burn yourself out because you're giving up too much for what you, you're, you're trying to, to achieve. And that, yeah. again, I think that's a young person's sport where you don't realize that. I mean, you, ain't you it ironic that people will spend half their life chasing that dream and that dollar um, and, and, um, and giving up, like you said, their health to do it. And then they their finally life. get that dream and that money. So now they're chasing their health to try to get it back in order the rest of their life. Yeah. yeah some, sometimes we're driven by the wrong thing that we may think that's like, you know, the almighty. And mm -hmm. that's the reality, man. Sometimes we're so driven by our career and we got to make it. And, we, you know, we, we got to be at the top of our game. And then sometimes you get a reality check. Like for, for me, was me getting diagnosed with cancer. It was like, slow down. Creator was like, slow down, dude. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. I get it. You want to do this solo thing. You want to be on this path. Wait a minute. Let me give you the ultimate reality check. Right. And let you know that, you know, tomorrow's not for certain. So you better rearrange your, your priorities and understand what you value the most. And for me, I value my wife and my kids. And that's, mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, like I said, I had to surrender my own ego because it was all about me. Everything yeah. is me, 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 me. And sometimes I have to catch myself from like making it about me. Yeah. Because right. we're, we're in an industry where 
you know, you're told this and that, you're, you're held at a high regard, you're on stage, people are like clapping for you, all this nonsense, which is basically noise. Because mm. at the end of the day, we're all human beings. But we get so caught up in what we do, not who we are. Yeah. yeah. And for me, who I am is what makes me. I'm exactly. a husband and a father, and that's who I am. <laughs> my job doesn't make me. My job is great, it's cool, but that's not my mm-hmm. end, the end of my story. My story begins and, and ends at night when I'm laying there with my wife and I wake yeah. up to my kids and we're, we're running around, you know, making snacks and, and, and yeah. trying to get breakfast going and we're talking about what we're going to do throughout the day. That's what my life is about. Yes, those are the things. You know, people always, called, you know people always called me idealistic for this. Um, but when we first married 19 years ago, my utopia marriage would be a 24 seven marriage. People thought I was crazy, but but, but I didn't want to put career in front of marriage and family. You know, I I wanted to find a way to have a marriage that we could always be together Mm. and at the same time, build a career around it. And people always caught, I mean, again, I got called all kinds of names for that. I got called that I want to control and all that. (laughs) But then I found the one woman probably that, that was like, you know what? I love that idea. Yeah. We both love that (laughs) idea. And we hit it off right from the beginning. I mean, we moved really fast. And here it is. We've been married 19 years. We've been a 24-7 couple pretty much the whole time. Um, Not saying that we haven't struggled financially. We have because I've turned down many opportunities that would split us apart. Mm -hmm. Many opportunities. Because I want to build that career around our marriage instead of our marriage around that career. And I know we can do it. And we've and we've gone this far. I mean, we've gone 19 years yeah. like this. So why why stop now, right? And we've got our little one involved in the show with us, too, awesome. our 10-year-old. You'll get to talk to him a little bit. Yeah, so he'll have a couple questions. That's great. Okay. Well, since since this is like kind of a conversation, I have a question for John because I haven't caught up with John in a long time. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So the question is, how did you manage to get um, uh, Cosmic Radio on on Pro- Amazon Prime and on Apple TV. How what was that process? Um, you know, Ryan Johnson was really the lead on it for a while, and there were some issues with it. Um, just like there are in a lot of independent films, where there's um, uh, just c- people pulling out in different directions that really weigh it down. Um, I was lucky enough to get involved in production since then. So I, you know, I started out being involved as an actor and then I got into writing a bit. So that's how I, I met Ryan. I wrote a script called Consent. And I think he was working with Bob Yari or Mandalay Pictures back then. So I wrote a, a courtroom drama that was really interesting. And so I kind of, that's my path that led me to Cosmic. Um, but, you know, since then, I've, I've I've written and produced a lot of films, so I have better distribution contacts now. So fast forward ten years, Ryan is still trying to get Cosmic Radio, uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, out, and I had a um, a good contact at uh, Cinedyme, who's our distributor, and they they agreed to take it on, and 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 then they have deals with Amazon and all kinds of streaming services. So they, you know, they reviewed the film and uh, they, we had to do a little bit of editing on it. So I got involved after the film was shot and through post to try to get it out in the world. And um, it was really the efforts of, of Ryan Johnson and myself that got it out there. But just because of, you know, 12 years since then of working, 
and not really thinking about cosmic radio, hoping it would get out one day because it was, it's a nice film. Um, and so Marcus and I, we work in the radio station together in the film. So basically my character is a guy named Tyler Stone and he's just out doing whatever he wants and he doesn't really have much responsibility. And Marcus, uh, Taboo plays Marcus and uh, okay. he's working in a radio, like he's holding down the fort and doing all the work and, and tr while me as the owner is just being ridiculous and, and kind of ripping the rug out from under myself. And, oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I thought, yeah. you know, it'd be cool that the movie get out, gets out there. So I'm glad it is. Yeah, Mar Marcus had that long flowing hair. Unfortunately, I don't have that hair anymore. But Look, I got my hair now. <laughs> <laughs> I still have hair. There it is. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. it, it was a it was a different. But time yeah, period. you had you know, that long hair in that movie. I, I look at that time period and, and I've I've evolved so much. Mm -hmm. It's funny because mm -hmm. my my son Journey tells me he's like, Dad, you still had the skeleton face with the goatee and the long hair in that picture. So it's just funny to, to go back oh, to wow. that because I'm telling you, Chris, that I was just recovering from the addiction. So mm -hmm. you can still see like remnants of my face being a little something. I had that little goatee and oh, wow. I started to evolve and really like become a little bit more healthier. So that those pictures and um, that time period, it triggers something in me, you know, mm -hmm. although it's good that I see that because I could reflect and, and see how far I've come yeah. and, and how proud I am of the person that I am today. But also, I'm like, man, I, I went through hell and back at that time period, man. I put my family through crazy times. I put my, my crew through a lot of crazy times as well because I was the wild one. I was the one that was like not. <laughs> so you were that person. I was the wild one, man. I, was, uh, yeah. I probably wasn't going to survive. And honestly. Yeah. Man, you still have so much energy. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger, better, stronger now than I was back then. And I'm being That's honest. Great. So what prompted the change of giving up the alcohol and all that? I got arrested in 2007 and uh, I actually, it's in, in the book I wrote called Fallen Up. It, it, um, okay. it kind of details all that time period and overcoming and, you know, just motivation to help others dealing mm -hmm. with addiction. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and uh, for me, it was that, that moment of being in that cell and saying to myself, like, this is what my life's going to be. Wow. Like I'm, I'm the ultimate F up, right? I'm, I'm the one that's basically in a cell. I had an audition that day that I didn't make. So I thought like, Oh man, this is, this is not good. I'm going down the wrong path. So I get home that night and I just remember my wife's face and my son, J Josh's face. And it's just like, it was just the biggest disappointment. So I said, I want to change my life from that time period. And I became sober. I went cold turkey. I didn't go to rehab. I just went cold turkey. And I said, I have a bigger purpose. This is not where my life is going to end. Like drug, alcohol, statistic in the music industry. Just another, you know, right. another uh, statistic, right? So I, I changed my lifestyle. And yes, I was triggered. My first year was a huge trigger with going to clubs and doing all that oh, stuff that yeah. I had to do still because I had to perform. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like I value sobriety so much because, you know, it, it made me a different person. It, it taught me how to to love myself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times mm -hmm. I was fueling myself with the intoxication to yeah. escape. Yeah. I don't know what I was escaping, but there was a there was a, a hole that I needed to, to fill. And the you know excessive drinking excessive partying 
was the way to escape. And I said to myself, I'm tired of escaping. I want to yeah. be present. I want to be aware. I want to be clear-headed. I want to be mindful and empathetic and respectful and all mm -hmm. the things that I didn't understand while I was using and abusing. Yeah. And I really mm -hmm. reassessed what was valuable to me. And so I always hold sobriety, survivorship, mm -hmm. my relationship with my wife and my kids, my, my band, Black Eyed Peas, you know, now my new relationship with Ben B. Earl, who's my creative partner with Sky uh -huh. Blue Wave. You know, all these things are relationships that I value and I hold at a high regard. And I learned that through my sobriety. You know, that's oh, like that's for amazing. me, um, I remember um, that I was at the bottom, bottom. And I remember I woke up um, on December 26 and I knew at that point, you know, I, I was drunk on Christmas Day, never been drunk before on Christmas. And I just reached out to my creator and says, look, you know, you either got to take the desire away from me or take my life. One, one's got to go. I, I can't do this day to day stuff. I can't, you know, I, I know that I probably could have went to AA, celebrate recovery and all that, but I, I knew I couldn't. And I was like, you got to take the desire away or take my life away. And I, that's where I was. I was ready to take my life. Cause I, I, you know, I was destroying this marriage. I already destroyed my first marriage because of addictions. And so I knew I was at the, my it wits end. And I really felt like my creator said, you're healed. And I've been sober ever since no issues. That's great. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and it's just one of the moments to where, you know, you have no idea what's going to come after that. Cause, and, you know, and I remember when I first told her, you know what, I'm no longer drinking, none of that. She was of course still my cheerleader, but in the yeah. back of her head, she was, she didn't uh, believe me. I was like, I've heard it before. I've heard yeah, it a hundred times before. Yeah, that's how it is with a lot of partners, you know, because mm -hmm. they, they have heard it over and over yes. and over. And it's like, what's going to make it change? And that's like, uh, you know, most mm -hmm. people get, they, I think you have to really want it. You know, you have to make that decision, but also mm -hmm. have that inner mm -hmm. strength. And a lot of people, you know, like, you know, like Taboo had, yeah, yet you have that, that inner strength and that, that power, that warrior power that you're talking about. I feel I have it too, mm -hmm. but not mm -hmm. everybody does and they do need that support. So, you know, yeah. I guess everyone yeah. has to find their own path, but that's exactly, you know, that's Absolutely. how I find with right. a lot of people have gotten yeah. through. It's like, no, no, just cold Turkey. You know, you got to make them your mind up that this isn't for me. I'm going <laughs> to stop. And the only way to stop is to stop. Yep. Yeah. You know? But uh, you, you know, one of the most important things that I heard uh, Chris say was the healing. I'm very keen on healing. You know, therapy for me has been, um, yes, I've gone to therapy, but I also had therapeutic moments where I had unconventional ways of healing, mm -hmm. whether it was Reiki healing, whether it was acupuncture, whether it was, you know, performing. I felt mm -hmm. like that was a healing moment to be able to give my energy and receive that energy. Uh, going to Yosemite and just being one with nature. That was part of my healing. Uh, yeah. Going to Standing Rock. That was part of my healing because it's <laughs> a lot about, you know, um, being one with, 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 with Mother Earth. And that's mm -hmm. something that because we're so focused on technology and mm -hmm. we're in the city, sometimes we, we could take a little bit of that cosmic radio energy yeah. and be about yeah. the environment and be connected to Mother Earth. So when I went to Yosemite uh, with my wife and my kids, there was no iPads. There was no iPhones. There was no video games. It was all about being one with nature. And it was different for all of us. <coughs> you got to understand, 
We're like hap- uh, cre- creatures of habit when it comes to, oh, I'm going to be on my phone. And sometimes we get so caught up in our phone that we forget to be present. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's something that I had to learn how to understand mindfulness and be aware, be present in my kid's life. And so now we've, uh, we've made a, a tradition of, of going to Yosemite every year so that we can disconnect from the technology. And I know it's a balance, ladies and gentlemen. It's a balance. So I get yeah. that. I'm not saying disconnect from technology 100%, but for that time that yeah. we're as a family, as, as, as uh, being connected with Mother Earth, let's disconnect from technology and the, the distractions, because that's what they are, man. They're distractions. Yeah, I remember a couple years after I got sober, I was starting the healing process. And that was, she was here. She, she had a little cough because she's a little sick right now. But um, I, I could tell that she wasn't healing, but I was. So I remember sitting her down on the bed one day in 2010 and says, look, I know I put you through a lot the first five years of our marriage with the alcohol and all that. I was like, I get it. I need you for your sake to tell me everything I put you through those first years and tell me how you felt, what went through your mind in the in that time. And she was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. and I was like, and I'll zip. I won't, I won't say nothing. I won't correct it because I know that you'll be right. Um, and I let her just tell me, and I'll be honest, 20, 30, 40 minutes in, I'm sitting there like, Oh God, what have I done? Cause half the stuff she said, I, I didn't remember because it was, I was drunk so much. And, but I I knew that I couldn't stop her because I knew that this was her point where this would start her healing process. Because without this, without her realizing that I get it, she couldn't heal in our marriage. And that was kind of the start of our marriage coming back together. Because you're talking about healing, so I thought that'd be a great story. Because again, I, I, I like you. I definitely believe in healing. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to sit back and just listen. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's important, you know. And everyone has their own process. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, echo what uh, Jimmy is saying there. You know, it's that's the uh, that's strength when you you have to be honest with yourself, you know, and just say, look, this is this isn't working for me, and I have to make a change, but you have to get there. Like you did. A lot of times people have to hit bottom <laughs> to realize it, you know, or, 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 or that embarrassment, you know, of this isn't the way I want my son to see me or my, my wife or, you know, exactly. but you gotta have but a lot. Yeah. But you have to have also something to live for. I think too, mm-hmm. that, that helps, you know, where, you know, but again, I, I guess it's different for everyone. But, so uh, to I, I was never had a long-term addiction, but I know when I did, Mm. I had that realization and I just stopped. You know, yeah. just, so this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> and I just, I just stopped cold Turkey. And that was yeah. that. But, so Taboo, um, you've been on yeah. top of the world as everybody knows um, with black eyed peas and all that. Tell us what is probably some of the biggest misconceptions of being on top. Cause you know, there's a lot of them. Um, the misconception about being on top that you're, you're always on top. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, because you are hot in 2010, uh, <laughs> that you can stay hot throughout the years. 
Unfortunately, we took a, a hiatus from 2011 mm -hmm. until 2018. And we were gone wow. for a long time, you know, and, and even to this day, a lot of people don't know that we released the album in 2020, but it's <laughs> just, it's just yes. about making sure that we do what's best for us. You know, um, we, uh, we are very proud of the career we've had and continue having in 2022. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of touring coming up. We have a single drop in this year, a couple singles drop in this year. But it's about consistency, man. We're like, we we look up to U2. We look up to Rolling Stones. We look mm -hmm. up to mm -hmm. Metallica. Like, those are the folks yeah. we aspire to be like because they're still going. They are. They're yeah. Absolutely. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers are going. Like, that's, yeah. those are the, <laughs> the iconic, those are the iconic figures for us. You know, the fact uh, that, yeah. that Rolling Stones can do their thing. I'm not trying to be, 60 years old talking <laughs> about pumping louder and jumping oh, up on the stage. Yes, tonight's gonna be it's like I don't want to be the old guy singing those songs. <laughs> I'm being honest with you guys. I don't want to be 70 years old singing those songs. Yeah. So for right now that I'm still vibing and I still got my legs yeah. and I can still jump around and dance and all that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like you just gotta find ways to continue evolving and for me it's been able to tap into the kids space like i told you earlier writing oh, wow. comics for marvel uh creating oh, yeah. a kids book uh about identity uh creating animation with cartoon network uh doing some production with gomont studios like i want to go into that space where it doesn't depend on me touring it's yeah. just like i'm a writer i'm a producer i'm a content creator and if i have to be the music supervisor or or create music like uh uh, what's the guy from um, that works with uh, with uh, Tim Burton all the time? And he he used to be an Oingo Boingo. His name is Oh yeah, um, Elfman. Elfman, Danny Elfman. Yeah, he doesn't have yeah. to tour. He doesn't have to tour again. Oingo Boingo <laughs> doesn't have to do a show. Danny Elfman just creates soundtrack and music and amazing scoring. And I would never put myself on that pedestal because he's he's like the Godfather of that. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Our buddy Joe asked, has a question. Uh, he said, um, how long does it take to film a music video? Like, I've got a feeling. Uh, just one day. One day was shot because it was in one space. It was just, uh, you know, yeah, there were some outdoor scenes, but that was easy. Uh, we just did some some guerrilla style shooting on, yeah. on Hollywood Boulevard. And then we rented out a house and just shot it all in one in one day. So that yeah. one is one day. But there were some other videos that took two two or three days. Okay. Those are the more like extensive videos. Like for example, we had a song called "I'ma Be Rocking That Body," where mm -hmm. we did uh, the the Universal Studios backlot, and then we went okay. out to the desert and shot. So there was two or three days of shooting and then editing and putting it all together. And another question, a little bit of controversial here, but oh, yeah. what, what do you th what's your opinion on the streaming services and how the royalties work? Because again, everybody has got different sides on that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, for us, streaming has been very uh, good to us. We're uh, when since we put out uh, translation, mm -hmm. uh, our numbers are high. We we're oh, actually wow. we we're actually the number two most downloaded group behind BTS in 2020. And oh, BTS, wow. yo, those are the 20 year old kids. We're we've been <laughs> in the music industry just as long as their age. They're, they're yeah. like 23. We've been in the music industry for 23 <laughs> years. And for us to be number two, Black Eyed Peas wow. streaming oh, 
high numbers at that volume in 2020. That was like a, a big monumental moment wow. for us. But we also come from the tape era where we used to slang tapes or sell tapes at Sam Goody and Warehouse, uh, yeah. Tower Records, Virgin Megastore. And then we went into CDs. And then we went into downloading and streaming and, and, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the streaming services. But we just learned how to evolve. You know, you got to stay, stay with the times. Yeah, and, it's and a catch-22. It's like you've got to have technology. It, it opens the door for more people. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but the does. price comes down on everything. So it's like it's one of them catch-22s. It and, is. You know, again, and it's constantly evolving. And, yeah. And and one of the things we learned uh, being in the music industry is our publishing is is uh, is valuable. We hold on to our publishing. You know, we yeah. write our own music. There's oh. We don't have other folks writing music for us we write our own lyrics me will i am and apple are the writers of black eyed peas because the writers are really the ones getting the biggest shaft of the new services because exactly. the writers made all the money from cd sold so and and then another thing is that we um you know we own our touring as well a lot of times oh, artists get a 360 yes. deal 360 deal where they they uh the record label gets a big share of their touring merchandising mm -hmm. and record sales masters. They own the masters for <laughs> us. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a 50 50 deal with Sony of, of with our music. Cause we just got signed to op uh, Epic and we're with Sony, Sony music. Oh, wow. yeah. So, you know, we learned a lot. I feel like now in this uh, era of, of uh, black IPs, we, we have a lot of ownership, especially when it comes to touring and publishing and, you know, masters of our of our own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, you know, the mu the movie industry has also changed a lot with Netflix and all the streaming services. Because, yes. you know, years ago, if you wanted to be an actor, you were limited. But with all this, it's a little different now. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on where the that industry is going. Well, I think COVID really amplified the direction you know with all and with these kind of zoom interviews and and streaming where everyone's sitting home and watching the streaming where the netflix netflixes and all the streaming services you know um hulu and all they really blossomed and taken in you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and they're they're, they're flexing their muscles now so that mm -hmm. seems to be where everything is you know there there's right. the giants in the industry and i know disney's and Warner and everyone's coming into that 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 field, so kind of the the. It seems like the theaters are really in trouble, you know. I it, I don't know if they're ever going to be back like they were. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you have those big tentpole movies, yeah. and I miss that. You know, it, it was really cool going to a movie, especially a horror film like The yeah. Exorcist or or even Jaws, and when you know you have right. that whole audience experience at the same time. So you're not going to yeah. have that on your couch, I guess. Yeah. In the future. They're going to have like the metaverse where everyone has their virtual headset on and you're on your couch. I kind of don't like that. Yeah, I don't know, you know, but you know, it's, it's our generation and yep. the generation right. behind me or ahead of me that, you know, is used to the theater, but the new generation growing up and then I guess they don't have anything to miss. Yeah. So it seems That's like right. that is the future. Right. That makes we'll have a communal mm -hmm. experience, but they'll be home. You know, but they'll be able yeah. to look around like they're actually in a theater and they'll see everybody reacting in that metaverse. And yeah, so I think that's the direction where things are going to go. It's and to me, it 
you know, that human contact mm-hmm. we're going to be missing. And uh, definitely, but you know, when people grow up without it, you know, it's one of those things you, you don't know what you don't know and you don't miss what you didn't have, I guess. And, I, I will say this. I was so proud to see um, Cosmic Radio at the movie theater in Palm Springs. That was cool, man. Like we had like a, a premiere in Palm Springs and to be actually on the big screen. I mean, I had done movies like I did Street Fighter and, and a couple other movies. But to actually do a movie where it was like more about my acting as mm. opposed to me being a villain or a bad guy, oh, wow. it was it was like like this is a movie that I'm very proud of to show my kids. Mm. They could see my range. And although it was it was uh it was like second nature to beat Marcus because I was drawing from my own and the choices were basically a little bit of my own uh personal experience, my own journey, my own way of talking. I felt like the fact that I had a great uh, rapport and an exchange with John, especially that bar scene, that was amazing. Yeah. That was like, that's cool. Yeah. There's some nice scenes in the movie, you know, and the thing is we shot that movie very quick. There was long days, a lot of pages. So, you know, the pacing in it, you don't know what's going on behind because it's just like, hurry up and set this thing up. We got to take it and then move on and move on. We're losing this or light or bringing people in and out. But when you watch the movie, the pacing is 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 really nice and like uh, you know, and and Taboo's character Marcus is awesome and he's <laughs> really like plays a guy that's giving me good advice and, and oh, wow. I'm not really uh, taking yeah. it, but he's sincerely he cares like he cares more about my radio station than I do. Yeah, wow. Um, and that's the thing. Yeah, Palm Springs. We were at the Palm Springs International Film Festival where it, it kind of was an audience darling, and they actually added a couple extra shows because it was sold out. And it was really nice to see that with a crowd and uh, experience something with other humans. And that's yeah. the thing, is yeah. that, that connection that you have to each other and to the planet. I mean, I don't know if COVID is something coming out of that or some of these other things going on with the world. But, you know, nature always wins. So yeah. the thing is, we have, yes, we're losing does. our connection and we're, we're being reminded and we better listen, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as y'all know, a lot of people see um, y'all, but they don't see the teams behind y'all. In our opinion, teams never get the love they They deserve. On our show, the teams get some love. So tell us a few, take a few moments just to tell us about the teams that help you be who you are. Hmm. And I guess, Taboo, you can start. The matriarch, my grandmother, man. My my grandmother was the matriarch of my tribe. She was the person that inspired me to be, you know, chasing my dreams, going after my dreams, never giving up, uh, believing in myself and wanting to be the best version of myself. And then from that, you know, the matriarch system of my grandmother, then I met my wife. My wife is a huge inspiration, not only to our family, but to, to me, man. Like I would, like what you said earlier, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my wife. My wife was at, at uh, um, Idlewild while we were filming, uh, uh, you know, uh, Cosmic Radio. So for her to support me from day one, I met her when I was sleeping on my mom's couch in 1999, before I had, you know, success with Black Eyed Peas. She yeah. saw something yeah. in me that I didn't even see in myself. She, it, it was like, what she said to me is like, you have potential, potential of being something great. You just don't know it yet. Wow. And that's because I was that, that's because I was like, you know, I was I was immature, I was using and abusing, not taking my life too serious, just living day to day, not really having a plan other than oh, I'm black eyed peas, but we hadn't we hadn't had success, monetary success at that time. Yeah. We didn't really yeah. have 
a successful song until Where's the Love came out in 2003. And I met my wife in 1999. So she's been there with me when I was sleeping on my mom's couch. She's been there with me when I was using and abusing and became sober. She's been there with me when we, you know, decided to get married and have kids and build a beautiful family. And then I got hit with, with cancer in 2014. And to this day, we we still communicate and we still work on our communication because that is key. So that is my personal group of uh, matriarchs that have inspired me. And as far as my team, you know, Black Eyed Peas, while I am an Apple, uh, they've been with me since we were teenagers. You know, we're best friends. Like that's who we, that's what Black Eyed Peas is. And there's been different iterations. There's been different females that have come and right. gone, you know, and mm-hmm. salute to them, all the girls that have, we've worked with. Uh, but, you know, to this day, we have an amazing new singer. Her name is J. Ray Soul that Apple discovered in the Philippines. And uh-huh. she's now touring uh-huh. with us. And, you know, at the end of the day, since 1995, it's always been the three guys that have carried and continued to champion uh-huh. the idea of our brotherhood. So without Will and Apple, I wouldn't be here either. That's cool. You get to do that with your friends, man. That's That's got to be fantastic oh it's a dream dude it's a dream come true bro and like we're we're like you know we're we're in our 40s i don't want to say exactly <laughs> how old i am yeah, yeah man <laughs> i just turned 50 so awesome yeah, yeah in the music yeah. industry you don't want to say how old you are understand. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like you know we've been doing this for a while now and and nothing has changed we're still the same people to each other mm-hmm. money yeah. hasn't gotten in the way you know, like fame or fortune or ego, we don't have that. We're able to be as transparent, as honest, and as constructive with our criticism amongst mm-hmm. each other. And we never take it personal. We just yeah. want the best version of ourselves. That's great. That's great. Do you find your, uh, I think when I was younger, I was a little more serious. Like I was a little too serious sometimes. And now, I find myself, you know, you're, you're productive, but maybe you're a little sillier. Or you're having a little more fun when you're doing it because you're looking around going, wow, these are my friends. And yeah. I get to do this with them. And it's special. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, you just look at it different. It, it's just different now for me. Like I used to be, like I said, man, I used to be the first one to go to the club, the last one to leave. I'm not like that anymore. Like I don't have, there's nothing for me there. I'm not, you know, popping bottles and having champagne. I don't do that. Yeah, man. So it's nice to me, go home, isn't it? It's beautiful to be able to go, to, like when I'm on tour, go to, you know, go to the gym in the morning, get my, my workout on, go to a nice dinner, then go back to, you know, watch some sports. I'm a big basketball fan and, and I love, you know, sports. So to be able to go back and watch sports, FaceTime with my daughter, my my wife and my kids, that for me, that's a night, bro. I get off stage, then I go back and I'm good, especially with this COVID situation. I'm not trying to get caught up there, man. And honestly, my immune system is so shot from the chemotherapy that any little hint of of, of uh, sickness or flu or anything that comes my way, it could really put me in the ER and I'm not trying to take that chance. Right. I'm you're still traveling a lot. Like you said, you're getting ready to go on the other side of yeah. the world. What, on Friday? I'm going yeah. to Dubai. Yeah, we're, we're, doing the, we're doing the world... Uh, economic forum and we're performing last year it was uh, Alicia Keys this year it's Black Eyed Peas Ooh, that rhymes oh, man Alicia you were, Keys, Black Eyed Peas yeah you know speaking of teams um, we got our little uh, our 10 year old that's yeah, our third, third co-host and we're, Christopher. Uh, so Sandy's gonna go get him I'll real grab quick. him real quick and while she's getting him John tell us a little bit about your team well I, I echo that my my grandmother you know she uh 
was tenacious and you know very educated. She was actually a first female judge in the oh, state wow. of New Jersey, and she was uh, like a bulldog. Like you know, she was <laughs> very versed in the law and um, and and my mother, you know, and still you know, and my father. That basically you could you could pretty much do anything you set your 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 goals on, you know. And like what Taboo was saying, you know, with 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 hard work and dedication. Mm. Uh, there's no substitute. But if you work hard and you want something, you normally can achieve it. But it may take some time. But you have to really want it. So I would say my grandmother, my mom. I, I lost my father a few years ago, no, but he, my mother that. is still like, you know, it's it's great. You know, so she's very supportive and uh, makes you feel like you can do anything. And then my wife is as well. You know, my my wife's actually a singer. Um, I was married back in June. So during the pandemic, it was another great thing was that I got, you know, got married and, uh, about a year ago. And, uh, you know, so my wife is very instrumental and, and that whole support, having that family and, and my animals, man, I, I learned so much from my dogs that I just didn't, it's amazing how you can really understand about love and different things just from at something that doesn't talk so so who's this my name's christopher hey christopher <laughs> uh, look doggy Ooh. oh look, yeah. that. yes <laughs> okay. all right hi taboo and jonathan so what's your favorite food how are you christopher doing good 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 so you have some questions uh yes all right uh so what's your favorite food favorite what food yep yes man that's a hard one <laughs> i love i love lasagna mm. a really good homemade lasagna um that's my probably my favorite food <laughs> what's up chris how you doing man nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you um so my favorite food i, I love japanese food because i travel a lot so i like to go to different um like when we go to japan i really enjoy eating the the local food um, I, I love Filipino food. My wife is from the Philippines. So, you know, they have really good home cooked meals style uh, cooking. It reminds me a lot of my culture. I'm Mexican and Native American. So growing up, I ate a lot of Mexican food. So, you know, I would say those are the three Japanese, Filipino and Mexican food. Because what's yours? Mine is pizza. Uh, Just like my kids. Can't like go wrong with pizza, pizza right? pepperoni. What's go wrong with pizza? Yes. What kind is it? Uh-huh, what? They said what kind? I think pepperoni. Oh, <laughs> good, 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 good. So it always yeah. changes with him. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. All right, uh, what's your favorite TV show? Hmm. I was just watching that uh, Money Heist. I thought that was pretty good, just the first two seasons. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a fan of a lot of a lot of good work, you know. So I, I, I have a few few out there that I like. Um, my favorite TV show, um, I'm a Cobra Kai. I love Cobra Kai, man. <laughs> I'm a big Karate Kid fan. I love Ralph Macchio. You know, that time period for me, Pat Morita. I'm an 80s kid. So Karate Kid really shaped and molded my, you know, my nostalgia and my childhood. So I would say Cobra Kai is my favorite show right now on Netflix. What's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? John? I think he's froze. 
Uh, my favorite movie is Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox. Um, <laughs> love that movie. It, like, once again, it's from my childhood. But I also saw the new Ghostbusters, which I really enjoyed because it kind of took me back to that original Ghostbusters with, with Bill Murray. And yes, they were in it. Dan Aykroyd. Um, you know, it just it took me back to my childhood. So I would have to say my two favorite movies are Back to the Future and Ghostbusters. I like I like Braveheart. It's one of my favorites just because it, I think it has everything. You know, there's a, a beautiful, beautiful love story in it. There's action. There's some history. So probably one of my top movies is Braveheart. Because what's yours? Mine is uh, the Minions movie. Nice. That's good. <laughs> they built a strong brand, I tell you. Because even our th- almost three-year-old, Caitlin, she, if there's a Minion in a store, we have to go in there. Yeah. You know, I work, I work with Billy Zapka from uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, you Billy, did? Uh, he plays Johnny in there. He was yeah. in one of a. I wrote and produced a movie called Cross. It was a silly comic book style movie. We had uh, Michael Clark Duncan in it. You know, the big guy from yeah, the Green I Mile, love, and I did all a, kinds. I it was did. just a silly. It was before Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy. It was one of those kind of slapsticky, you know, comic book hero type things. So, but That's yeah, cool. Billy Zapka has been in a couple things, and you know, he's. Oh wow! That was before Cobra Kai became popular. So he, <laughs> I, I love. I've just finished you know, watching the last episode, and you know, it's just like their their chemistry, uh, Johnny and 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 Daniel. Their chemistry on, on isn't it great? Great, dude. They're great. good guys, and I think they appreciate it because they they were out of spotlight there for a little while. I mean, uh, Billy did a, a, a like a documentary <laughs> called Sweep the Leg. Mm-hmm. And he was actually nominated for an Academy Award for it, but that was like the big thing there for a while. Right. And then when Cobra Kai got picked back up, I mean, those guys, they can't be happier. They're just having fun and <laughs> amazing. They're, they're killing it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Hey, nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, he loves to be on the show, and you know, he he wants to eventually start a podcast. We told him maybe over the summer or maybe the end of the year, or somewhere around there. We'll start him a podcast called like 10 minutes with Chris where he interviews celebrities or something. That's yeah. cool. He's a cool. Super hey guys, uh, I apologize. I got to go pick up my kids from school. I just wanted to oh, say thanks for, um, you know, for this opportunity to speak about cosmic radio, to speak a little bit of my personal life, but also like mm-hmm. to reconnect with John. Yes. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for championing cosmic radio. I can't wait to reconnect, like maybe in person somehow. Um, I'll get your info from, uh, from Benny. Yeah, yeah, Ben's a good guy, man. Yes, sir. He's and if you want to come on and tell your full story, so good to see you. Yes, we would love that too. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah. So wasn't that nice, man? That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Because normally we have like one guest on at a time, so it was a little. It was different. Yeah, a little different dynamic. We love it. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool because, you know, like I said, it was last minute. He's getting ready to go to Dubai and, you know, we were just kind of notified about it earlier. And so, so really what a, what a humble, nice, energetic guy, you know, to jump on here because he had like, yeah, so that was awesome. So yeah. You have any other questions about the movie or what do you, Uh, I'll ask one. Uh, what would you like for your legacy to be in the entertainment industry? What would you like to be known and remembered for? I'd like to make <laughs> a decent movie that, you know, people really enjoy, you know, something, uh, 
Yeah, I have fun helping out with my friends. That seems like what I've done mostly in, in the movie mm. business is uh, get involved with other people's projects. So where I'm going yeah. now is I want to write and, and, and direct and produce my own, you know, just to have my voice and, and see if it works. So just to, I'd like to just make one movie that I actually wrote, produce and direct. And, you know, I'm, I'm going in that direction. So we, we have some good projects coming up. Yeah. Awesome. I'm working on a movie right now called Pretty Bird. That's why I have my uh, <laughs> my long hair and my my beard. I play this guy that's kind of oh wow. It's another yeah. naturey type movie, uh -huh. and so I'm kind of this guy that lives out in the woods. So I cleaned up a little bit for this, but I'm it's it's almost like a cross between that movie Pig, Cage, <laughs> <with that> <laughs> and uh, the movie that's out right now that's doing really well, um, The Power of the Dog. Yeah, yeah. It's slow burn, um, naturey type films. So uh, yeah, I'm, you know, so I, I'm still getting some things here and there that uh, it seemed to get better and better. So yeah, that's that's what I'd like to do, and yeah, I'd like to continue to be a good father. I think that's the most important thing. So as we come to a close here, what advice would you give somebody who's wanting to go into entertainment, who has the talent? but they're just getting their feet wet. So they've maybe been in a few movies, but they know that they're supposed to do this. What advice would you give that kind of specific person? I think people really need to be realistic and what their abilities are and what they really want. And um, I think there's a lot of room in the, because there's so many outlets now and there's so mm -hmm. many ways to do things. So I, you know, sometimes people ask me, how do you, produce a movie or how do you act? So really the way to do it is to do it. It's kind of like stopping drinking or whatever. You, you just have to do it. So my advice would be if you're really passionate about it and it's something you can't shake, you have to just do it, you know, make those videos at home. Now everyone can make, you can make a movie on your phone and edit it and get it out there. And, and if you find an audience, you know, it can multiply. Well, but we I do think this you just show, really right? have to do it. And phone. We do, yeah. Yeah, so I just think you really have to do it and, and, and try to enjoy it. And, you know, if you want to be an actor, do plays, you know, make your, your little movies, do things with your family, act. If you want to act, then you should act. And if you want to make movies, you should start making things. And that's how a lot of people started out that are... I worked in the music video business for a while when I first moved to California mm -hmm. years ago. I worked with a company called Lime Life. And we did over 200 music videos. We did all the oh, big wow. ones like David Bowie and Tina Turner and Prince oh, and wow. Michael yeah. Jackson. And, um, you know, a lot of those directors, though, they would come in and they wanted to be movie directors. But uh, they would come in and start doing music videos and experimenting. And then they they made these music videos to make money and they were very creative. And then they became hired by Universal or Marvel and became these huge directors. But they, a lot of people oh, wow. came out of the music video world. So that's that's where it is. I mean, right now there's TikTok stars and people everywhere that if you do things mm -hmm. that you, you just got to keep doing it and then someone will recognize it. But if, even if they don't, if you enjoy doing it, that's kind of one of the big payoffs that you, that's like when you learn show, later we... in life. It's not, yeah, it's not the, yeah, but obviously you want to pay your bills. So I, I would say just do <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. And that's like with our show, we love doing this and although it's not paying the bills yet, it will one it day, will. you know. Okay. But well, you have a you have a pretty good reach, I hear. Well, we're know, working on it. Getting yeah. there. 
That's so, awesome. Right? Well, you guys are really sweet. That's really an honor, you know, uh, to you know speak with you and let us share our movie with your your audience and and getting to know you and talking to your son. What a nice kid, you know. Uh, oh, thank you. That's a pretty hard question. Like, what do you like to eat? Like, those are questions you don't normally <laughs> get. You know, right? And they're real, real, real honest and and cool. So he's a nice, nice guy. You guys have done a nice oh. job. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. And we definitely appreciate that. Yes, yeah. and tell everyone where they can find Cosmic Radio. Yeah, Cosmic Now is really on all the streaming services, you know, Amazon, Apple TV, um, you know, Roku and all Voodoo and Fantastic. Like you, if you just Google Cosmic Radio movie, there's 20 different places you can you can click and, and watch it. And hopefully you would... Uh, also click, you know, thumbs up or that you like it. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Love that. And, you know, yes. we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we look forward we to did. having you back down the road for updates. All right, man. Anytime. Thank you so much. All right. You, you see, you, Chris. see you, Sandy. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.